Hey, Husky fans, it's Evie and Leah back with Pick and Roll. We have a different situation on our hands than we expected. Uh, Leah and I predicted, and rightfully so at the time, I'd say that this weekend would be probably one that most people wouldn't want to pay attention to. <laughs> However, they went one and one and they beat USC, if anyone listening is not aware. So... Our UCLA prediction was correct. We predicted that the like loss margin would be about 15 points. They lost by 18, 62 to 44. Then after that, they went on to beat USC by three points, 62 to 59. So main to main takeaways from these games. I the UCLA, the UCLA game, yeah, it was a big loss, but like I said, we predicted that and it, it was to be expected. I'm not sure how many criticisms I have personally. I don't know about you, Leah, but like, it just seemed like UCLA was the better team, which they were. Um, the Huskies shot 31% overall, which was actually higher than UCLA, if I'm not mistaken. And wow. UW was, well, however, UW was out-rebounded 50 to 37. And as for USC, um, all around, that was <laughs> very surprising. Um we actually outplayed them. We shot 46%, USC shot 37, and we out-rebounded them 39 to 24. Mm -hmm. And I guess like the outcomes of both these games, it just goes to show how important I'd say rebounding is. But anyways, what are your thoughts on those games? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, Lauren Betts, who is UCLA's best player, she's a transfer from Stanford. She's six foot seven and leads the nation in field goal percentage. She was inexplicably out of the roster for both their games against Washington and Wazoo this weekend. Um, that is probably the biggest reason why Washington kept it as close as they did, because mm -hmm. UCLA is a completely different team without Lauren Betts. That said, uh, they didn't shoot well, the Huskies didn't, but neither did UCLA. Even all in, UCLA had a very strong fourth quarter a uh, strong third quarter too, but they really put the game away in the fourth quarter. And even still, they shot just about the same percentage as Washington did. Um, they really shined at the line. They were 10 for 11 for like nearly 91%. Um, but it's hard to win when you lose the rebounding battle by 13, especially when their best post player isn't even playing. So I would have expected them to play a little bit better. That's Okay. Nobody expected them to win that game. I would have liked to have seen it closer. Um, they did a pretty decent job with their turnovers. 17 on the road is not terrible. No. Uh, and they were, you know, UCLA had four points more than the Huskies did in terms of points off turnovers. So that wasn't the worst thing. But we, it felt like just didn't have a cohesive second half. Didn't play very well. Even in the post-game interview against USC a couple days later, Lauren Schwartz said that the Huskies only played three quarters against UCLA. So I think that's fairly generous. I think they probably had a probably good two and a half quarters. But that said, they were able to shake that off and go across town two days later. And they really played USC really strongly right from the jump. USC is very fortunate that it was as close as it was in the end because they got hot three-point shooting in the last, like, three minutes of the game. I think also Washington's really fortunate that the game ended when it did because I think if it had gone three more minutes, maybe we're sitting here talking about a different story, but we're not. And 
uh, Lauren Schwartz had one of her best games as a Husky. She was the kind of the go-to when we needed points. They were really keying up on Ella Dean and Lele and Delea got 2000 the second first quarter. And I think she sat out the entire second quarter and Washington was able to build their lead. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned in our last podcast is one of the things that we need to do well in order to be competitive in these games like this are for our role players to score. And Tegan Brown, it was able to hit a couple threes in this, this weekend. Um, Chloe Briggs had a sort of an off shooting night, which is sort of a misnomer because a lot of the uh, shots that she was able to put up were with less than two seconds on the shot clock. So it's kind of not fair to look at her line of one of six shooting one of five from three and be like, Oh, well, she's not a very good shooter. They didn't put her in situations for success. And when she was able to set her feet and get her shot up, she was successful. And she was also good from the line, which is really important. And then Savia Sellers came in and scored five quick points. And having that extra like 14 points on the board is the difference in the game. So, um, and they they did a really good job against uh, their USC's best player, who is one of the leading candidates for National Freshman of the Year, Juju Watkins. USC shot 59 field goals and Juju shot 27 of them. And she only hit eight. And a yeah, lot of those were in the final minute. It was off that game. Very- I think we frustrated her. I think that they yeah. were able to hedge and they were able to make her really uncomfortable. And the good news for us is we only play the LA schools once this year. That was it. Yeah, that is very good news. Uh, this is not to diminish anything we did, obviously, but didn't, wasn't you sorry not UCLA USC wasn't USC uh, missing one of their players or, or was that was that the UCLA I think that was UCLA I don't think that USC was missing anybody okay. they might have been a backup post yeah because I didn't see Clarissa and Waffaro at all but um UCLA is the big one okay uh, Lauren Betts is like averaging between 17 and 20 points a game and she's shooting like 80 percent from the field because she's six foot seven yeah so you're right, but I think it was UCLA. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um how I, I guess I'm gonna I don't know if this is gonna come out right, but it's like I have the thought in my head, but I'm not gonna like put in a question. How, how um different do you think these two teams, meaning UCLA and USC are and why why did the Huskies do so much better with one than the other? Or was it something on was it all on our part or was it something like with how those teams play in particular besides the missing player if that makes sense i i think that's a great question and it's sort of a yes and um washington played really well in the first part of the first half or like the whole first half against ucla it was also ucla's first i think half of basketball without lauren Betts, and i think she's coming back this weekend which is good news for ucla um and also ucla is really well coached corey close is one of the best coaches in the league right after probably Tara Vanderveer. She's been there for a long time and she's really positive and she can motivate her kids pretty well. And she also makes really good in-game um, adjustments and everybody else on their team. But if you take out Lauren Betts, incredibly capable of scoring the basketball. You don't need to have her in there. Of course, it's fantastic when you do because they go from a really good team to able to compete for a national championship because she is so good and nimble with her hands and just an, an amazing post player that said crosstown usc has a very different style it's much more 
focused on one player and that player is a six foot two guard. It's very different than a six foot seven post player. So her, her, her shooting percentage probably at best is going to be about 50% where well, Lauren Betts shoots mostly layups. So it's going to be a higher percentage. And there's a lot more that you can do with someone who shoots away from the basket. You can make it really hard for her to get the ball and um, make everybody else in the team beat her. Be, sorry, beat the Huskies. And they didn't do that. And it just didn't, it seemed like she was getting frustrated and she was allowing her frustration to infect the team. They were able to fight back in the end and make it a very close game. But I think it's one of those things where if you can shut her down, the whole offense is Juju Watkins. And that's what they were able to do. A lot of teams have tried to do that and not been as successful as Washington. So we were just fortunate to do that. Yeah. You UCLA beat USC, right? When they played each other? Uh, they've actually split. They've split. They, they both won on their home courts. Okay. Yeah. The, I don't know. This team is just so, I don't know what to say. It's just so unpredictable. What they're yeah. Week in, week in and week out. So I know. I guess we I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think if they are capable of beating USC, they're probably capable of making really close games very interesting this weekend. Exactly. But it's going to mean we have to rebound. We just have to. And both of those teams that we're going to play this weekend, particularly Colorado, who's coming up on Sunday, they're they're tall, they're deep, and they have a lot of players that can burn you. So Taking care of the basketball is going to be key and rebounding is going to be key. Yeah. Staying at foul trouble for Delea is also going to be huge. Um, and having our real players, like I said, like our freshmen, Chloe specifically and Savia specifically, those girls are totally capable of scoring 15 points. How amazing would that be? Um, and then Tegan Brown is always just kind of like someone who puts a shot in the arm through the team because she's a little firecracker energy ball because she can do a lot of things. Yeah. So having someone that you don't expect come in there and score between five and eight points, if two people do that, that's a huge difference. So that's what I'm looking for, um, particularly on Sunday. Uh, Friday is going to be kind of tricky because Utah just came off a loss on the road against Oregon State. And Oregon State actually was able to beat both Utah and Colorado this last weekend. So, and they found them, they're, they're finding themselves not only in the top 25, but in the top 15 now, I think. So they've gone from unranked to in the top 15 really quickly. So um, Utah is going to want to get on the winning side of things. So we'll, we'll see how that works out for us. Cause they're really, they're really well coached too, but they had one of their best players, Gianna Neepkins go out with some sort of injury. I can't remember what it was, but it was a season ending injury. And okay. she was, she was their number one scoring option. So um, that, that happened right before league play. So that's been in the works for a while and they've kind of adjusted obviously, but anyway. Yeah. Utah, the, it looks like they're currently ranked 20th. Mm-hmm. Six. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay. In terms of score prediction, I'll say I'm going to predict that they go one and one. Ooh. Who do you think they'll be? A little optimistic, but Utah. Okay. I say they're going to beat Utah, but it'll be really close. 
I okay. just think that if I had to choose one team for them to be, it's not going to be Colorado because, well, first off, we know how good Colorado is, but I, I guess they are beatable. We know that, but um, I don't have any evidence of this in front of me, but we've just never seen to do well against Colorado in the past, even when they weren't this good. So I don't see us beating Colorado. And that's my, that's my prediction. Win against Utah, lose against Colorado. I could be way off, but hey. I like it. I like it. Uh, I think the reason I don't think the Huskies are going to beat Colorado is because of our lack of consistency with eight, with, with our ability to put up a lot of points. Colorado can score and they can score often and they are a really cohesive unit. They're also big and deep at size, which the Huskies are not. Yeah. So um, we're, they're also probably a, a little bit quicker than the Huskies are at guard. Their starting point guard, Jalen Sherrod, is really cat quick. So I don't think it's impossible, but I think that would be the least likely. I, I think Colorado will win by between 10 and 15. I'd say 10, uh, at least Utah, 10. At least 10, I think. Yeah. Could be wrong. Hope I'm wrong. Uh, Utah is sort of like the one I can't figure out mm-hmm. because they are, they, be, you know, lost those, sorry, they beat USC and UCLA, which Colorado did not do. So that's interesting. And then they followed it up by going to Oregon and winning and then losing to Oregon State, which Colorado did as well. So it'll be interesting to say the least how that shakes out. But um I don't I don't see the Huskies beating any of the either of these teams. But I would love to be wrong. I think if we can squeak out a win against one of them, I'll be happy because we have, I think. Seven total games against the top six teams in the conference. We've just played two of them. We play the Mountain Schools four total times, once each on at home and on the road, and then we play Stanford one more time. So if we can, if we can get two wins, okay. Out of, just... What was that? Is that overwhelming? Yeah, that that is just like what you said last time. I I can't. We're not guaranteed another win with this schedule. Right. Well, I will just say, like, yes, we have those games, but it's like if they can beat USC, they can beat anybody. I would say, though, in the, in the five games they have remaining of the, in their, you know, the rest of their conference schedule that are against ranked teams, I would like to see on the high end the Huskies win two of them. Yeah. So that means probably winning two at home. Although we've just won on the road, so who knows? But um, probably beating one of Utah or Colorado and seeing how the how it goes against Stanford because we last time we hosted Stanford we did beat them, so I'm sure Stanford remembers that. But we'll see. Um, but this is like kind of in the middle of the stretch of five straight ranked teams, and we were able to go one on one on the road trip. Let's see if we can go one on one at home. Yeah. Yeah, and also the USC win to me is good momentum. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can keep that up. Yeah, on ESPN, the Huskies are officially the last team in the NCAA tournament right now. Oh, really? I didn't know that. 
they'd have a right now they're projecting that the Huskies would have a play-in game against Tennessee and Virginia, mm-hmm. um, which like one year removed from the WNIT and one week removed from me saying, I'm not sure they're going to win another game on their schedule because of what they did against Arizona state. I'd say that's like, that's a huge win, but they have a lot of work cut out for them. And it needs to start this weekend by getting at least one win. Hopefully one, if they got two, I don't know what I'd do. I'd just be shocked, but. But you're still predicting that they get two or they lose two, right? I still think that they are not going to come up on the winning end this time. But I, part of me is predicting that because that's what I predicted last week. And I was wrong happily. Yeah. So it's like a little reverse psychology here. Or would they still, so, okay, say they win two, they win two more games mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the schedule. Does that get them into the tournament? If they win two of the games against the ranked teams and they win the, the games on their schedule that they need to win that are against the lesser teams, I think they have a great chance of getting into the tournament. They also need to win probably at least once in the Pac-12 tournament. They do all those things, and they're looking at a great chance. And if not, they're going to go to the WNIT again. Okay. So, okay, well, it's possible. Yeah, they already have they have thirteen wins on the season. I'd say if you can get to eighteen to twenty wins, you have a really strong chance, especially when in the league that we play in. Yeah, for sure. So, what is the rest of the Pac-12 looking like? I, I I know that Colorado lost to Oregon State by six points. I mean, I mean, Oregon yeah. State is strong too, but that was a they little are. bit. Yeah, that was a little surprising, but also I watched a little bit of Oregon State this weekend, and they pack their gym really soundly, and they are well coached, and it seems like. The skid that they went on last year was kind of a one-off and they are back to their winning ways. Um, the sad news from this last weekend was uh, Charlie Sledger Walker tore her ACL at UCLA. Mm-hmm. So she's out for the season. Um, wish her the best. Uh, that's really sad for Washington State. Um, I think that's probably going to derail their whole season, unfortunately, for them. Oh, yeah. Um, they did beat UCLA. Uh, they had built a big lead and then Charlie's went down and then they won by like three. So um, great for them. And I know Charlie's would rather lose the game than lose her health. So um, that's really sad. That's disappointing. Um, but this week, um, obviously the Washington schools host the mountain schools. That should be interesting. Um, UCLA and USC go on the road to the Bay area. Um Stanford hosting USC on Friday and UCLA on Sunday. And those should both be really interesting and fun games to watch. Um, Stanford is now the top ranked team in the conference because of the LA school losses this last weekend, which is interesting because um, Colorado and UCLA were kind of like right up there for a long time, but with their losses, they are um, Colorado six, UCLA seven and Stanford's number four. Um, Utah is number 15, USC is 14, and Oregon State is 18. So we've got six teams ranked in the conference. Um, Arizona State and Arizona play each other on Sunday, and Oregon State goes to Eugene and faces Oregon this weekend. So a couple of um, in-state rivals closing out their season series against each other. 
And then, um, like I said, the mountain schools facing the Washington schools and the LA schools going to the Bay area. So a few less games this weekend because only one, one game in those against those Oregon's and the Arizona's, but I don't anticipate there being any big upsets in those games in those across town rival games. I think Oregon state will go to Eugene and win by 10 to 15 and Arizona will host Arizona state and beat them soundly. Um, it'll the, the most interesting game I think of the weekend is going to be UCLA at Stanford on Sunday because Lauren Betts goes to UCLA with, um, with her new team and she, her last, she transferred to UCLA out of Stanford last year because Primarily, it looked like she wasn't getting enough playing time, which seems like a big mistake now, considering how much how well her shooting percentage has gone up. So that should be an interesting game. That's at one o'clock on Sunday, um, the same right around the same time the Huskies tip off. So um, should be a lot of games on pretty much at the same time yeah. on Sunday. What what exactly happens? And I'm not saying this to sound petty. I'm actually curious. Like, what exactly happened to Oregon? It, it <laughs> seemed like they fell off. It's not like they were phenomenal last year, but they were still a good team. They beat us. Yeah. They beat, like, we had a four-game series with them last year because we played them twice in the regular yeah. season, Pac-12 champion, sorry, tournament, and they beat us there, and then we beat them to end their season in yeah. the WMT. Um, The short answer is that... Kelly Graves recruited a whole bunch of players and then couldn't keep them. I don't I don't really know what's going on in Eugene, but if I had to guess, this would be his last year there. Okay, because, so they had a ton of players just transfer out. Yeah, he had the number one recruited, sorry, the number one ranked recruiting class about five years ago. Not a single one of them graduated from Oregon. Hmm. Not one. Angela Dugalich is at uh, UCLA. Sydney Parrish transferred home to Indiana. Tahina Pow Pow, who was an all-conference performer last year, transferred to yeah. South Carolina, who is now number one in the country. Oh, um, I Sydney, know she yeah, Sydney Parrish transferred home to Indiana. Maddie Shear transferred home to Kentucky. And Kylie Watson um, transferred closer to home. She's in Notre Dame now. Um, she's from New Jersey. So that was like an entire starting five essentially yeah. all of them starters in their own right so yeah I think the short of it is that like it's really hard to build after you've had a generational player like Sabrina Ionescu mm -hmm. and that's what we're seeing I don't know that he's going to be able to stay in Eugene after this year I think that they're going to be in a coaching search that, that would be my guess yeah well, that's all I got. Uh, <laughs> anything to add? Not a lot. I think it's going to be an inter interesting week of women's basketball. There's been at least one upset every weekend, so don't be surprised to see that happen. Maybe not Maybe not in Seattle. Maybe in Seattle, but um, the, the likely places for it to happen would probably be um, Palo Alto or Seattle. So stay nice. tuned. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hope we get at least one win, but don't. Let's don't. not hold our breath. And also maybe let's think that they're, they're not going to win any, and then maybe they'll reverse psychology it again. Who knows? Right. right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. This was UW and Evie Mason with Pick and Roll and Go Dogs. Go Dogs beat Utah. <laughs>